Bum. This Sunday, we will celebrate Simchat Torah, literally, the joy of Torah. We'll dance with the Torah scrolls, giving any member of the Solel community the honor of carrying a Torah scroll during the ritual seven hakafot, symbolically and literally encircling the community in words of Torah. And there is no more remarkable sight than seeing the entire Torah scroll unrolled, literally, literally held by the collective hands of our beautiful community. The tradition is to complete the Torah, reading the very end of the book of Deuteronomy, which Rabbi Langowitz will have the honor to do, and then to go back to the beginning as I will read the first day of the creation story in the book of Genesis. It makes perfect sense to do that. Finish Torah and start all over again. Yet the rabbis, as is common for them to do, look beneath the surface for a deeper meaning. So let's look with the rabbis together. The sages observe, always with a little poetic license, that the Torah ends and begins precisely in the same way. As the Torah comes to an end, Moses dies and we learn that God, God personally buries Moses in a valley, a burial place fated to remain unknown forever. And as the Torah begins, Adam and Eve eat from the tree of, uh, the tree of knowledge, the tree of life, and become aware all of a sudden of their nakedness. And we're told God made them garments. For Adam and Eve, God clothed them. The Talmudic sage, Rabbi Simlai, notes the Torah begins with an act of loving kindness and ends with an act of loving kindness. The one who often serves as a role model in Torah is God. And here we have a God who cares about human beings and demonstrates divine care with acts of loving kindness. It's natural that we would bow down in praise to such divine benevolence. Yet, what's more important than worship and praise in Judaism is that we emulate God. That's what Torah is teaching when we are invited to walk in the ways of God. God's way comes down to earth as graciousness and loving kindness between human beings. The words after the Shema, beautifully, beautifully chanted in meditation tonight, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your might. Then immediately afterwards are added, these words which I command you this day shall be upon my heart. 
it seems a bit redundant that we are commanded to love God and then take these words upon our heart. Yet the sages understand that more than being commanded to love, we must internalize acts of love to take these acts of kindness to heart. Jewish tradition is clear. Torah is more than knowledge. It must be converted into actions. This is precisely one of the lessons we learn in the Sukkot ritual of waving the lulav. Each of the four species, um, and this is a different metaphor than Rabbi Langowitz uh, just shared, um, which is helpful for me that I get to introduce a different one. Uh, each of the four species, observing whether they have fragrance and or taste, are associated with the attributes of learning and or good deeds. So the etrog, the etrog has taste and fragrance. Therefore, our tradition says that it represents Jews with wisdom and good deeds. The lulav, the date palm, has no fragrance but has taste, therefore like Jews with wisdom, but no good deeds. The myrtle, it's a little show and tell, the myrtle has fragrance uh, and no taste, therefore like Jews who possess good deeds but no learning, and finally, um, Arava, the willow, which in our tradition neither has taste nor fragrance. I must say I have not put a piece in my mouth to chew it to know that, but it is to represent Jews who possess neither learning nor good deeds. Of course, the Torah wants us to aspire to represent the etrog, to be learned and to do good deeds. Uh, but the wisdom of Torah is recognizing our humanity. Torah doesn't depend on the ideal. We never have both wisdom and good deeds all the time. Sometimes we have no Torah from which to draw, but we lead with love and good deeds. And sometimes we are full of Torah, yet none of it transfers to good deeds. And sometimes we just come up with the big goose egg with neither Torah or good deeds that flow from us. But each of us, each of us represents one of these four species um, sometimes, and at other times, all of them together. But the beauty of waving the lulav is when we bring the four species together, the whole is much greater than the sum of the parts. Collectively, the four species support one another. The highest achiever doesn't eclipse the lowest. And that's why Judaism places 
such importance on community. We're in it together, which takes us back to how we end the Torah and begin Torah. I wholly subscribe to the connection our sages make that it's all about loving kindness. The essence of Torah lies in making us better human beings. If the wisdom of Torah does not lead to kindness, it's not Torah. If Torah does not lead to love, it's not Torah. Yet like the waving of the lulav, uh, the pressure is not on each of us all of the time. We're human and we can't bring our A game every day. We exist in community to sometimes carry others and sometimes be carried by the community because we exist together. And that's what we'll do on Simchat Torah. We'll unroll the entire scroll, we'll read from each book, and we'll see that Torah depends on being held as a community. So please join us on Sunday night. Um, we will feed you at 5.30, and we will celebrate Simchat Torah at 6 o'clock. Come and be a part of the joy of Torah, and let the joy and wisdom of Torah be a part of you as we live it in the real world. Shabbat Shalom.